G'day Aussie Gridiron fans and welcome to another episode of G'day Gridiron. Uh, Ian and Manjot back to go through all the week 15 happening. Uh, there was a lot going on. Started out with two amazing games on Saturday uh, that sandwiched an absolute basket case of the game between the Ravens and the Browns. And of course, carried through, the amazingness carried through, or the awesome games carried through on the Sunday, uh, with some really, really close games, some big comebacks from teams uh, all across the weekend, uh, a massive upset, um, almost an upset with the Chiefs and the Texans, uh, and probably one of the craziest plays we'll ever see on a field. Hey, Manjot, how you doing, mate? Oh man, I'm still recovering from the weekend, Ian. We had so many good games. I had probably five straight days of gridiron, including that amazing AST gridiron capital bowl as yeah, well. So that was a huge game too, I saw. Big score in that yeah. one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was um Centurions twenty six, Wolves twenty two, the Centurions won on the final play of the game. So I, I don't know how my heart has recovered from all of these great games, especially yeah. commentating that capital bowl. It, it was just, it was incredible to commentate one of those crazy games and then to sit back and watch so many historical games as well. There you go. That's that's the weekend summed up for you. And in between all that, even the soccer, the World Cup final, probably one of the greatest games ever. I don't think, I don't know how I survived that weekend. Oh, yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> Argentina being France in penalties yes, there. Sir. Uh, big Argentina were nowhere at the start of the the World Cup. Their um, their odds were like eighty one dollars uh, on the on the Australian sports books to um to win the World Cup. Uh, yeah. So there's a be a few people out there who put some dollars down that would have won big. Um, yeah. What have... about that betting line at halftime of the Colts and the Vikings? It would have been something oh, that ridiculous. Too. That, that would be like well. five hundred dollars, wouldn't it? I think it was off the charts, actually. I think I saw something that said that. Um, yeah, let's start with Colts and Vikings. Obviously, that is uh, now the the biggest comeback in NFL history, uh, beating a – it was a Bills-Dolphins game? No, it was Bills and Oilers. Bills-Oilers, sorry. Bills-Oilers. So, yeah. And, and, it, and it was Frank Reich as, yeah. the, as the Bills QB. How it, um, it was. It's just a, how amazing a storyline is that. I mean, not that the Colts would have been anywhere in it if Frank White was still at the helm, to be honest. <laughs> um, everyone wants to shift here and Jeff Saturday now, but I would think that um, I don't. If we was still Frank Wright Colts, there's we wouldn't even be talking about them. Um, yeah. this, game no. probably, this game probably wouldn't been anywhere near what it was, uh, even even with the basket case that the Vikings were in the first half of that game. Um, yeah, man, that was that was crazy. That 92-93 playoff game, by the way. Yeah, it was crazy just watching ESPN today and they mentioned the Frank Reich thing. I was like, yeah, Frank Reich came in for Jim Kelly that week. I know Jim Kelly was like injured. They went down 35-3 to three, and then all the fans had left the stadium. And once 
once they heard word that the Bills were coming back on the Oilers, who are now the Tennessee Titans, of course, once they heard word about that, all the fans came back in. And there's a famous <laughs> story. All the Bills players say that now nowadays fans still come up to them and say, I was there at that game. And then they like, we must have had a million fans at that game because everyone <laughs> says that. Yeah, yeah right. I feel like that's the same mood in Minnesota this week. I oh, feel absolutely. like for the rest of time, people come up to guys like Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, Zadarius Smith. They'd all come up to guys like that and say, I was there at that game. No matter how true or not it was, man, that was that was crazy. Just, just it was pretty nice about it. coming back from 33 down. Um, and I must say, like, I... I, I I woke up. Uh, I woke up late our time. Of course, the game started at five AM Australian time. Uh, if you're on the East Coast, uh, I woke up uh, probably just before six. Did the usual Monday morning thing where I roll over and check my phone, have a quick check of the early scores first up to see what's happening before I get out of bed. And I saw that we were thirty three points down at that point. So it was just after the last score, and I was just like, "What the hell happened there?" Uh, and as I usually do when there's a Vikings game on, I get up to uh, to do the morning stuff, making lunch, getting dressed for things. So I chuck in the headphones and leave it playing on the counter. And then uh, I started hearing, I'm sitting there and I'm, like in the, I'm listening to it. And um, the first uh, the first drive, minus eight yards. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be a bad day. And I could tell. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to keep listening to this because it's going to put me in a bad mood. <laughs> I don't know oh, how we. I don't know how we're going to go, um, but then yeah, it was the uh, it was the next drive actually where we got the um, we got the interception, uh, mm. and we went down um, thirty one yards. And I was like, oh, we're actually making some plays here. And even though it was we forced the Colts to punt a couple of times um, before we got the first touchdown, uh, it was the interception that got me interested again. I was like, oh, hang on. Maybe something's going to happen here. We doesn't. We're not looking like a complete basket case, like we must have been in the first half. Um, yeah, and then we went out there and we get that touchdown, that seventy-three yard touchdown uh, with that huge run um, by Dalvin Cook, where he just absolutely. Uh, oh, I guess it was just just bust. I mean, I, I straight up there's KJ. I'm like, well, where's KJ's numbers coming from? He had a huge game. Um, yeah, and there was that. I think that was the first one. Actually, the, sorry, that was the first one. The first one I heard that was that sixty-three yard. Yeah, sixty-three. I'm sorry, I'm reading it as I'm going. Um, sixty-three yard uh, pass to to KJ straight up the middle from Kirk. I'm like, whoa, look out! And then yeah, um, then basically just you get in there and um, you get KJ in for a two yard touchdown as well uh, on that drive. So that was where I was like, hang on. Something we could, there's, we're actually getting some points here. This is, don't, you know, and then obviously the next one touchdown, and then, yeah, we just sort of kept kept going. Um, yeah, and Dalvin to tie the score with the 64 yard catch and run. Oh, incredible. Yeah. And then the Colts, they just were, they were shell shocked in that second half. First half, they held all the momentum, had a pick six on Kirk Cousins. I feel like they could have. Scored more, but the Vikings defense, I don't want to credit them too much, but they 
they did hold them to four field goals, which which meant that the result did not get as ugly as it could have. But still, that was just I I don't know where where that came from. Because... It's all it's all clearly all about the um, and it was uh, it was more about the Vikings defense I think in the second half than it was yeah. in the first. They came out um, after half time really wanting to. I think make amends, and there were reports going around that basically Patrick Peterson was doing all the talking at halftime, um, and basically just yelling at the offense and just saying five touchdowns, five touchdowns. That's all you need. Go out there, get them. We've got you. We've got you. Um, yeah. So I think he was really sort of, um, sort of really charging the the defense up and saying we've got to hold this for them, um, and and challenging the offense at the same time to go out there and get those points and get it back. Um, and, and if that's the case, mate, Patrick Peterson, what a leader he is anyway. Yeah, uh, just getting in there. So yeah, I think so. From from most reports, it wasn't a wasn't a lot of talking from Kevin O'Connell at halftime. Really, it was more about the guys themselves, the 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 leadership group, um, pumping up the rest of the team there and telling them that they can do it, they can get out there and they can do it. Uh, and they certainly did. Uh, I mean, asking Kirk Cousins to to throw 54 times in a game is huge. Um, third game in a row over 400 yards for him, um, which is huge numbers, through 460 uh, and four touchdowns. So big numbers. Yeah. I mean, people call it stat padding as well, but it's not. It's huge. I mean, it was just... It's huge. Those are huge numbers, yeah, 100%. And he was a big part of coming back. He was a bit of, to be fair, he was a bit of the reason why they went in that hole in the first place. But then to come back from that, you've got to give credit to Kirk Cousins. He's not really a quarterback that people would associate with the word clutch. But I think this year, after all the one-score wins that the Vikings have had, what what is it, like nine now? No, sorry, 10-1 and one in one-score games at this point? No, yeah. no sorry, 11-0 and 0 now. And eleven and oh in one yeah, school game. Oh, no. No, so we were, we were nine and oh, so ten and oh. Ten and oh in one ten school and game. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because it's not gonna be ten and one unless you lose one, which you haven't yet. And yeah. Kirk Cousins, he's just come out and he's absolutely been firing in these one score games. And and I think I think it's tough. It's tough to read the Vikings, I think, with all these one score games. If anything, it tells me they can win in the clutch. But also it can be that they're susceptible to being a bit lucky in some ways. But then again, it's just hard to read the Vikings. I think it just seeing them some weeks they just they get blown out. It was looking like that way again against the Colts. Yeah. But they came back. They did something historical. No team in the regular season or postseason has ever come back from thirty three, and then they just they just did it. That's that's something that. You've got to give credit for. You've got to give credit for because no team has come back from that hole and ever won a game. And the Vikings did it in in one half of football. They turned it around. And looking at the Colts, Matt Ryan, oh, boy, he's on the receiving end of the worst Super Bowl comeback ever. And, and, and sorry, the biggest Super Bowl comeback, the worst choke in Super Bowl history. And then the worst choke in NFL history. I think he might have been the problem for the Falcons choking 
and all of that. He blew all of these big leads. I, I saw his like eight or nine on this. This one meme had like this graphic of like eight or nine leads that that Matt Ryan just absolutely blew. And I was like, God dang, this guy has really been through it. His defenses have given him nothing for his career in big leads and big games. But also the Colts, they've got to put in one more touchdown, surely. I think that's why I was saying, oh, they they kicked four field goals and to the Vikings credit, that could have been more ugly, like we saw in the Cowboys and Vikings game. It could have been that ugly, but they managed to keep them within a, a margin where they could chase it down. I think also shows that the Vikings offense, like all these weapons, KJ Osborne coming in, he's having a big game instead of Justin Jefferson this time. It was KJ Osborne's turn to lead the receiving core, and he did it. Not saying that Jefferson had a bad game, but KJ Osborne was absolutely incredible. And then you have Dalvin, he's still firing. Kirk is still firing. Hawkinson can have a good day. You still have Jefferson, of course. Thielen, of course. These guys can all have a good day when they need to. And I think that shows how dangerous the Vikings offense can be. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, I think one of the biggest, I couldn't find it anywhere, as I was telling you earlier. Um, One of the most interesting stats to me when I went and sort of searched out the numbers and did the numbers was the difference between first half and second half yards uh, in this game. So essentially in the first half, the Colts had 209 total yards on offense versus 82 for the Vikings. And in the second half, the Colts had 102 total yards on offense versus the Vikings, 350. The Vikings had more total offensive yards in the second half, so that's without overtime, than the Colts had essentially for the entire game. I think actually they finished with 351, including overtime. Um, yeah. So that's ins- it's an insane. You can the, the difference. When you talk about tail of two halves, the difference in that alone, you look at those numbers, is um, you, it's huge. You can tell. It's insane. Away. 350 yards in a half. That's 700 for a game on pace for that. Yeah. Man, that's incredible. It's incredible. the number. It's the, it's the individual numbers, too, on each drive as well, um, on each possession, I guess. You could put it as. So for the Vikings, and the Vikings is the interesting one. In the first half, it was 4, 44, 4, 9, 2, 9, 11, and minus 1. What, 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 what? It's their single-digit stuff, you know? But then you come out in the second half, you had the minus eight, which we talked about, was the, the interception straight up. Um, 73, 75, 46, 8, 37, 31, 15, 64, 9 to finish the half. So, um, yeah, you can just the way that they came out, just uh, it was, it's just astounding um, when you look at that. And yes, people are still calling them frauds. I guess, um, even at 11-3. So they're still calling it frauds. They shouldn't be there. Uh, but the reality is that's the second big overtime comeback win uh, the Vikings have had to have. Of course, the other ones was over the Bills, who was who were are, still are, quality opposition. Yes, yeah. you got blown out by the Cowboys. The Cowboys game was... Um, atrocious. Oh. And I guess you're going to call it, almost call it an anomaly at this point. And I reckon they learnt from that in terms of second-half performances. Um, but 
they it, it, they got beaten by the Eagles early on uh, in in week two, but I think they also they played really well in week two, and it wasn't a massive blowout like the Cowboys game was. Um, yeah. It's so, just they didn't take their chances in the red zone that game. That's right, much. and I think that and, they've learnt those. I think they've learnt from that mistake over the season, and that's what's seen them win all those one score games. It's what's seen them be ten and zero in one score games this season. Even go nine, they went nine games straight in one game in one score games. Yeah. Um, so that's I think that Eagles game was a lesson uh, in taking your chances in the red zone, being more aggressive. Um, uh, not just trying to play the safe option all the time because it's not always going to – What safe option might be the right option at the time, but it might not be the option that wins you a game. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And look, the Vikings, they've shown they can win in the clutch. And once again, like I said, they can win in the clutch. So, so that's big coming playoff time. Like the Eagles, they might be blowing out bad teams all the time. Cowboys might be blowing up bad teams all the time. But coming playoffs, that might not be important. It might come down to, oh, yeah, we know what to do when we're down seven points with two minutes left in the game. We know what to do to win the game when we're down four points. We know we can score that touchdown. I think the Vikings, they, they give them credit. They they know how to do that. They do. And I think... I think, yeah, if, if if we're done talking about this game, I do want to talk about the Cowboys. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the yeah, Cowboys game. I do, man. That was I'm, a great – that was, a, that, again, another insane game, uh, the Cowboys game too. So, I mean, the week was full of them. It was yeah. full of insane games. It was about four or five there. <laughs> yeah. It just – yeah, it was crazy. Go, you go for it, mate. What yeah, Cowboys-Jaguars. Now, this looked like – Probably at the start of the season, you'd say, oh, yeah, the Cowboys, I've got this circle in the calendar's easy Cowboys win. This team. I think we did. Absolute... I actually think we did, didn't we? You know, yeah, I, I think we did. Yeah, we, we did. had them winning this. We had them winning We had them winning this. We did. and We also had them winning against the Texans, which they did technically do, but they but struggled against the Texans. Yeah, it wasn't that sort of thing where it's like you're, you're convinced by them. And what and, did I think about the Texans? Look at the Texans go toe-to-toe as we just go on tangent. Toe-to-toe with the Chiefs again this week. What did I say last week with Matty? I said, I bet you it's because they know they can't lose that first they, they can't lose that first draft pick anymore. So yeah. there's no reason to try and purposely tank and hold back. They can show what they and look at the, the Texans in the last two weeks. If they played like that all season, they would have beaten half the teams they played. Yeah, exactly. They they could have actually done so much better, but they wouldn't. Um, have, but they wouldn't have had the first draft pick. Exactly. So intentional tanking, but I, openly I intentional. It's not even trying to hide it. It's not like the NFL could do anything about it. <laughs> Definitely, they've got that first pick in lock if they lose another couple games. Yeah. So, but yeah, the Cowboys, they... yeah, this they going up against the Jags there. Um, yeah, we thought for sure. They would have beat the Jaguars because you would have done that. But the Jaguars over the last couple of weeks have been um, just quietly on the up, haven't they? Yeah, and I think I think we owe apology to Jaguars fans such as Matty C because we didn't even include them in our AFC playoff picture race. Nah, didn't, we didn't, even, didn't we bother. Didn't bother. Although we didn't need to. What were they back then? They were four and eight. 
like yeah. weren't they when we did that or yeah. three and eight like uh, yeah, it was crazy like they they were barely like good like when we did that episode but then now they've got a couple wins up their belt they beat the Jaguars, then got blown out by the Lions. And then afterwards, we did that episode after that Lions game. So we yes, thought for yes. sure, for sure, the Lions game after that, they, they were done. But then they come out, they they obliterate the Titans, to be fair. And then here, they came back from 17 points down against the Dallas Cowboys. And, oh man, I've, I've got to do this again. I've got to say it. I think I said this last week. And the week before when they beat blew out the Colts. I think I said last week when they they just beat the Texans. But the Cowboys, I see it again, man. I know this is a team that won't win in January. I know this is a team that won't win when it counts. When it's the playoffs. When it's the wildcard round, the divisional round. I know that for sure, no way in hell the Dallas Cowboys are making the NFC Championship game. The Cowboys are just the Cowboys are lucky that the Giants it, it, and it took the fuck it took the Giants it took yeah. the Giants winning for the Cowboys to be able to clinch a playoff spot. They've yeah. lost four the last four in a row. Four, yeah. three, yeah, three or four in a row. Three or four in a row. Yeah, and then the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean. They they were the only team to clinch a playoff spot this week while losing. Yes. Talk about being the odd ones out. Talk about being the team that is, oh, yeah, one team is not like the others on this graphic. I, I swear I was going to I was gonna type that comment in. I was like, for sure I'm going to type that one in. They were the only team that I know for certain. I know for certain, Ian. I've seen this before. I've seen this again. The Cowboys, they blow out a bad team. Then they lose to a bad team, and then in the playoffs, a hundred percent they're gonna lose. I've seen this before. I've seen it again. I know for certain Dallas Cowboys. They're not gonna fool me this time. I know they're gonna be first round exits. They're gonna play a Buccaneers team who are gonna limp in the playoffs, and somehow they're still gonna choke to them. But they're gonna take Brady. on. They're gonna take on the Eagles next week too. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's got some interesting things, but I think the Eagles, they still got that division pretty safely locked up, even with oh that yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, even they they got that division locked up. There's I don't know. We can't you can't mathematically give it to them yet, but they've got that division locked up. Um, yeah. I can't. Speak. I just yeah. even with so, but going back to the Jags, so just the next couple. Yeah, talking got, about locked up divisions, we thought the Titans locked this one up. Absolutely, but they've got the Jets, the Texans, and then the Titans again. So, if they split the Titans games, so if they win that last one, they if they win the next two, then they beat the Titans, then they take this division. Yeah. They take this division away from the Titans. There's no doubt about it. Uh, there's nothing the Titans can do about it either, I don't think. Yeah, no, they're one game back of the Titans. So they're the only Titans one. would need to win one. but uh, So the Titans would need to lose as many as the Jags coming into that final game or win as many as the Jags coming into that final game. But the Titans, the Jags... and this is where we come around to those two things, is the Titans have got the Texans and the Cowboys before yeah. they play the Jags. So the way the Titans have been playing, I don't... In the way the, t- the Texans have been playing, 
I don't. I can't say for certain that they the Titans could beat the Texans next week because yeah. they're just they're not a great team. They are just not a great team at all. Uh, you can't exactly. even you can't talk them up this year at all. Yeah, there's no there's no point in talking up the Titans, but you can talk up the Jags. And I think to be honest, the Jaguars probably deserve the South more than the Titans. I think because if you look at the Jaguars six and eight, now that doesn't look like a good record. But if they won all their one-possession games, they played a lot of close games at the start of the year with Trevor Lawrence for a game-ending interception. If they just won those games, it, it would have been a different story with this team. The first week of the season, for example, they lost to Commanders 28-22, last-second interception by Trevor. And then, what, they came out and blew out the, the Colts and the Chargers after that. And then they lost close ones to, like, the Eagles, the Texans the Colts again, and the second one, then the Giants. They, they lost four games by one possession in a row, and then five, actually, against the Broncos before they won against the Raiders. So they lost five one-possession games in a row in the month of October. If they just won at least one or two of those October games, they would have actually been in first place of the AFC South right now. So... There you go. Like th- that's the thing with the Jaguars is that they're playing a lot better than the Titans are. They they have way more weapons. The Titans have nothing but Derrick Henry and Jeffrey Simmons on defense. That's it. They yep. only have a Derrick Henry and then Derrick Henry's clone on defense. That's it. And then the Jaguars, they actually have a more complete team. They have a quarterback, unlike the Titans. They have a franchise quarterback. They have wide receivers that are are pretty good. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, tight end Evan Ingram's good. They've got running backs like Travis Etienne. They traded James Robinson because this kid is really good. Their O-line is pretty good now, even though Cam Robinson, their left tackle's out. They, they still only allowed one sack this week. It was, it was a complete team performance by the Jaguars, especially at the end. And even though Trevor Lawrence lost a fumble, right there at the end of the game where you thought, oh, yeah, the Cowboys got this, this comeback bullshit. It's not going to happen on on them. Oh, yeah, it still did because that Jaguars defense stopped them the next try. It's a, it a stupid play call, by the way, to call a passing play on third and ten, letting the Jaguars keep that one timeout in their pocket. That was a stupid play call there by Mike McCarthy. And then the Jaguars go down and then Trevor hits this great pass over the middle. They kick the game-time field goal, send it to overtime. And then Rayshon Jenkins, who had probably one of the best defensive games of all time, to be honest. If you read out his stats, 18 total tackles, two passes defended, two interceptions, and a game-winning TD in overtime. Noah Brown should have caught that. Let me just say that. He should have caught that because I know it's a bit of a tough catch, but that hit him right in the hands. Dak made a great throw, but Noah Brown just, he dropped that in, in cold daylight. He should have caught it. And Rayshon Jenkins almost dropped the game winning in, but he, he had the better hands there. And he just, he ran past all the chase down tacklers and scored that game winner. It was incredible. I thought, I thought the Jaguars, to be honest, they deserved that. The Cowboys, again, same old Cowboys, as I said earlier, there's no, there's no way to put it better. The Jaguars on the up, the Cowboys, the same old Cowboys. And so, I, just in way of predictions here, because we didn't touch on the Jags in that AFC uh, one, 
in that AFC episode we did for, and if you haven't heard that and you are listening to this, um, go check that out because the AFC and the NFC uh, race to the playoff episodes are probably some of the best work we've done all season. Um, they play the Jets next. If it's the Jets with uh, Zach Wilson, uh, they win this for sure. The Jags win this. Um, yeah. Because I think the Jets laid an absolute egg this week with Zach Wilson rather than with Mike White because of the Mike White injury. Um, yeah. Jags versus Texans. Texans beat them earlier in the season, but they weren't this version of the Jags. And I think this version of the Jaguars definitely beats the Texans. Uh, and yeah, and then that puts them two games, two games up essentially. Um, because I don't see if the Titans play the way that they've been playing against the Texans, they're not winning that game. And then they play against the Cowboys, and as bad as we're saying the Cowboys are, and how they're going to lose in the playoffs, it's still the way that the Cowboys have been playing in regular season football like they usually do. Oh, I They think, will destroy this Titans team. Yeah, I think so. They'll, it'll be that one Cowboys victory where you're like, oh, yeah, they can beat a good team. And yeah. then it's just like, yeah. no, nah, it's the Titans. Come on. And then, <laughs> then we are set up for a Week 18 clash. Jaguars Dragon, versus Titans for the division um, for the division win. How amazing is that? I mean, that's that's NFL dream time, really, isn't it? Yeah, that could be uh, Sunday night football. Might oh, be the yeah. final game. You would surely because they because obviously they don't they don't set week eighteen yet. Surely yeah. you would have to flip. You would push that into Sunday night football, or you'd put in something else that is or like the mid, but not the, the the Sunday middle of the day game. Maybe you know you yeah. would. It'll be oh yeah, because they'd have they'd have all the games that like it's in Duval as well. Other. Yeah, oh, yeah, because they smashed them in Nashville, that's right. So yeah. it, with Week 18, they'd set all of the games that are, like, not important to, like, the 1 p.m. slots, yeah. the early slot, and then yeah. all of the games that affect each other, like, you need this team to win so that this team can be, like, the fifth this seed. Is, for, this, is likely, this is likely to be the biggest one on the schedule once you get to Week 18. Yeah, because it'd be the one that has, like, the easiest consequence, I think, I think this one has to be in that Sunday night football slot because it wouldn't affect any other game because I don't think either team can win slash lose this game and be a wild card because I think there's just three other teams that are just going to be better than them. But Just looking forward to Week 18 and looking for other big games. Um, ooh. I don't know. There's not really. I mean, there's divisional ones yeah. all over the place. It's every game's a divisional, yeah. Everyone's a divisional all over the place. But who hasn't done, like, who, like, you you go through it all already. 49ers already got their division. Um, Steelers-Browns? That, yeah, um, no, that's not going to be it. Because it's Bengals-Ravens. That's the other one. There yes, you go. Yes. There's your other one. Because... The Bengals are. Yeah, that was, that was one the next game. one. The so Bengals, Ravens, Vikings have already clinched. So Vikings, Bears will be nothing, which would mean Lions, or maybe Lions, Packers might be a good game, depending on what the Lions do over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, That'll probably be at 420, uh, the 425 game for sure. Yeah, I just can't. Bills are already in. Cowboys are in. Uh, Rams, Seahawks might matter for the Seahawks, maybe. 
Yeah, it's just. It's, I think it's like it's good. You look at forward. If if what we're saying happens here, Jags win the next two weeks, Titans lose the next two weeks. That is the single biggest game on the schedule for week eighteen. Yeah, unless it, Bengals Ravens uh, somehow it, gets there, but doubt it, man. Doubt it. I really doubt it because this would be Jacksonville at home against yeah. the Titans to win the division. Winner yeah. takes the division. Like, that's what it would uh, be. I'm, I'd go, yeah, winning in. It'd be win or go home. It'd yeah. be the exact elimination. I, I'd take that one too, to be honest. It has to be. It'd be absolute biggest. And Jacksonville do, has never they had... Mon- they don't do Monday night football in week 18 either, no, do they? they do don't. They? No. So they, have a, they have a Saturday doubleheader, though. So there's going to be a couple games that are going to be on Saturday. And then yeah. there's going to be the Sunday night game. They keep, I think this, Saturday, they keep this till Sunday night for sure. Yeah, that that'll be the greatest. It'll be the playoffs starting early. That'll be good. Now, Timmy just talked about the Bengals. Boy, they yeah, had Bengals. a big comeback. There's the other big comeback of the weekend. Like, there was a talk- couple, mate. Actually, there yeah, was a couple was, like, like very big, uh, big number comebacks. Yeah, the Vikings and the Jags we just covered, the and Chiefs, then this Bengals the Chiefs, one. The Chiefs weirdly had to come back against the Texans. Yeah. So um, the Vikings, Jags, and Bengals, the, this was the first time that three teams had come back from 17-plus in the same weekend. It was that crazy yeah. of a week. And no lead was safe. No lead was safe. So obviously, yeah, the Bucs were up 17-3 at halftime, weren't they? Yeah, 17-3. Um, yes. It was, yeah. 17, it was 17-0 with three seconds to go. And then Bengals kick a field goal. I was like, wait, where did this lead come from for the Bucs? And then somehow, some way, the Bengals, they scored 34 points in a row. It was it was great. It was a great a great performance by the Bengals in that second half, especially that third quarter, where they really stamped on their authority. I thought I think this Bengals team, they've won six in a row now. They're a very dangerous team, Ian. You don't want to mess with them in the playoffs again. This is the thing about Joe Burrow and the Bengals is that when it comes down to the later part of the season, I see this as a 49ers too, is that when it's like the early part of the season, they're still figuring it out. They're still warming into the season. But then when you get into November, December, that's when the team just becomes impressive. They just get better each week. And I think with this Bengals team, they're just, they're incredible. They're incredible on every single side. Every single phase of the ball, they've had, they have stars, and that defense is underrated, and the offense is just incredible. So, I like, I like what I'm seeing from the Bengals again. Joe Burrow, I, I said this a few weeks ago, should be a, a borderline MVP candidate at this point. Four touchdowns in this one, he was pretty good. That run game never got going, but Burrow, he did his job. Yeah, weirdly, weirdly, we we see we've seen hardly any Joe Mixon this year. That's been very yeah. Strange, 11, it? Apart from that, what five touchdown game he had against what was it, the Panthers? Yeah, against the Panthers, he had that big game. It, apart from that, he hasn't been that good. But yeah, only eleven carries for twenty-one yards rushing. That was not good for Mixon. He had five catches for thirty-three in the receiving game, though, and then a touchdown each to Jamar Chase. <laughs> T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, your entire receiving core. So they know the way to spread around the ball. Might be frustrating for a few fantasy football owners, but for the Bengals, their team is just, it's great everywhere. I I enjoy 
I enjoy watching this Bengals team. I enjoy it too, mate. Yeah, it's they're they're exciting and they they're doing uh, what I guess they're doing the right thing. They're coming hot uh, towards the right time of the season. Um, it's similar to what they did last season as well. I, I guess start of the season, it I think we were all thinking that they were having a bit of a a Rams esque implosion, really. Yeah. But um, yeah, they've definitely shown that they're. They're still there, uh, and they're still going to be a force um, in amongst the league too. So uh, they've still got a <clears throat> they've still got a ways to go in the AFC, though. That's the biggest problem they're going to have, um, which they're always going to have. So because of teams like, I guess, we'll go to the next one. One I wanted to talk about was uh, Bills Dolphins. Oh yeah, that was a cracker summer. of a game on Saturday uh, Saturday night. Uh, here Saturday afternoon here rather. Um, yeah, sorry, it's great. Yeah, Sunday here. Love Whoa. having Sunday football. We said Sunday this. football in Australia. Absolutely love it. That yeah. was a cracking game. Snow game and everything. Second half, uh, the snow globe game. Yeah, it was. everybody yeah, was. Just... Everybody's waiting for it. I think we all. Everyone thought it was going to happen earlier in the game, but it um it just sort of waited until later in the second half, and it really came down hard. Um. Man, Damn. yeah, there were so many, so many good moments in this one. I, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed watching. I enjoyed watching this one for sure because two divisional rivals they had a close game earlier this season, and then we fought again. The Dolphins they came out pretty good. They they were pretty good, especially in that in the middle of the game, the second and third quarter. They they really stamped their foot on this one. They they were coming back especially after a bit of a slow start. And then the Dolphins, they they were just incredible in that middle of the game. And they had the ascendancy, but then the Bills, boy, there was a lot to talk about. Oh, they man, had the Bills. Yeah. The the end of that, yeah, Allen, incredible player. This guy, four touchdowns, 304 passing yards. It, he's an incredible player. 10 carries, 77 yards. Just and that two point conversion rush, which is definitely in. I thought that that was definitely in for sure. But yeah, yeah and that ball kept rolling afterwards. But Allen, he shows that he can lead this team no matter how tough the conditions are. And if they hold on to this position, they just they control their own destiny. If the Bills just win out. Firstly, they pretty much got the division. If they win next week, they do clinch it. So if they win next week, they clinch it, and then they can win out further, and then they got the number one seed. Boy, that home field advantage in Buffalo, you're taking you're taking away Patrick Mahomes' home field advantage that he's pretty much held over every team so far in his career. He's never played a road playoff game. So if you're forcing Patrick Mahomes to play a road playoff game, you'd feel good because that's never happened before. So you'd feel good making him drive all the way to Buffalo to beat you. I think I think that's a good sign for the Bills. So they've got to get right there. They've just got to keep winning out. Oh, I yeah. think they've shown against a team like the Dolphins, last second field goal and all, they they were great. They were great. And man, it was it was good watching Alan Diggs and everyone just cooking this week. Especially for my fantasy team, even though I was on the bye, it was good signs, good signs for my 
two upcoming upcoming playoff games, potentially two upcoming playoff games. Hopefully, hopefully that continues, Bills. Please just keep keep going, Alan. Keep going, Diggs. Not totally not fantasy fantasy implications for me, but I think the big going. the big bit in this for me was the was the defenses as well. They had they all had strong games. Um, yeah. Despite the score lines being so close, because it was very back and forth, it was very tense. Um, and but specifically on the Bills' defense, um, Tremaine Edmonds and and Matt Milano both had uh, huge games with eight tackles apiece. Yeah, and they um, yeah, they were really uh, instrumental in in big parts of that um that defensive line, uh, and and just holding, um. Holding the Dolphins to to some plays and holding them back, and then really pushing forward so the Bills could could get this win in the right way. Hundred percent. Yeah. And then yeah, I just think I just think this is this is good. This is good. And the Dolphins, though, on their side, it's good to see Tua back as well. Yeah. It's good. It's good by all the defenses, yeah. but Tua. Man, it's good to see him back with I guess 234 passing yards and two touchdowns. You could almost say that this was just a good gridiron fan game, really. Yeah, like it was. You, If you weren't a fan of the, a Bills fan or a Dolphins fan, you were just a fan of football in general, watching this mm-hmm. game uh, would have kept you engaged, kept you engrossed, and it was a great game to watch. Um, I thought that was a playoff game, to be honest. Yeah. I, I was watching that. And it being on Sunday afternoon as well and everything. So it felt like a playoff game that just came about a couple weeks early. But just the feeling of just, it was like the playoffs are here. You're having a Saturday game. It's in the snow. You got two divisional rivals. That was the greatest. That that was one of the greatest games I saw this league. Not the greatest because we had a million of them that you can't choose from. We still have some great games to talk about, but this one, it was a great playoff game. Come early, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, let's talk about another one. We mentioned the Chiefs in there. Uh, yeah. We should talk about the Chiefs a little bit. So the Chiefs get a win 30-24 to 24 over the Texans, uh, but it wasn't an easy win. The, yeah, they had to go to overtime for that. They had to go to overtime, and Patrick Mahomes had to make... Uh, a proper overtime drive, like a really stressful, fast-paced overtime drive to be able to win this game against the Texans because there were points here where the Texans were leading. Um, yeah. Were leading the Chiefs, uh, you know, and, and, and that's just, it's crazy. Obviously, it wasn't for very long, um, but they, they did, and they really gave a run uh, home in in the game. Um, and yeah, I think we were all wondering whether they were going to, be able to put it together and actually uh, do something here and maybe beat the Chiefs because Lord's knows they've already been beaten this season. So um, it would have been interesting. But the Chiefs get the win and the Chiefs have clinched that division uh, once again. So the AFC West has been held by the Kansas City Chiefs for seven straight seasons now. Yeah. So seven in a row. Yeah, ever have... since 2016. Yep. Yeah. So since... I mean, the AFC West was supposed to be a bloody powerhouse this season. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos have been absolutely nothing for the first part of the season. Oh, so to the... be fair, the Chargers, they are 
They've been injured. The Raiders and the Broncos though, haven't been that good, but That's the Chiefs—they've been on another level. The Chiefs had to, but the Chiefs had to do the first part of the season without true superstars um, through their receiving core, uh, especially yeah. after the the Hill trade. Um, and they had to figure out the hard way uh, how to get it around the park with everybody, rather than just one or two superstars, which the majority of teams would do. Um, yeah, yeah. So they've done it the hard way, but that is seven in a row, which I think, in terms of talking about the game, it's more about that to me. The end result of the Chiefs clinching the AFC West for the seventh time in a row—that's a huge achievement. Um, and and then once again, they're going to be in January football. Uh, and if you are coming up against the Kansas City Chiefs, you've got to be scared. I think. Yeah, I think that's what I was saying earlier about the Bills, they've got clinch home field advantage because the Chiefs are right on their tail. Both teams are 11 and 3, so the Bills, they just got to win out. They, that's all they've got to do, and they, they've got it. So the Bills just got to keep their foot on the gas because, yeah, that would be another interesting race. We have a number one seed race over there in the AFC. I think, yeah, the Chiefs, though, this was an almighty scare. The Texans won 12 and 1 now. But coming into this one at one eleven and one against the Chiefs or ten and three coming into this one, you thought for certain Chiefs just blow them out. It's over. But then the Texans, well, they had a seven nothing lead at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. Fourteen to thirteen at half. That twenty one to sixteen at the end of three. This is what I mean. See what I mean? It's nuts, isn't it? Yeah, and let me just say, this is the NFL. Nothing is guaranteed. And that again on show here, the the Texans, it's 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 good. It's good to see them back to life. They're not openly tanking like we said. Yeah. But the Chiefs, yeah, one almighty scare. Mahomes, he had to do absolutely everything. One late turnover, the Davis Mill fumble in <laughs> overtime, and then the Jarek McKinnon run that clinched the division for the Chiefs for the sixth straight year, like you said, which is just incredible how long they dominated. Sorry, seven straight years, shall I say. Seven years in a row, they've just absolutely dominated this division, 2016 to now. Ever since that Broncos 2015 Super Bowl, it's been the Chiefs all the way. The Broncos haven't even made it back to the playoffs since then. The Raiders, they've only made the playoffs in 2016, I think it was, yeah. And then the Chargers, they made the playoffs, I think it was 2018, and that's it. So... The Chiefs, they're the only ones that have consistently made it all the way into January in that in that division. So, so yeah, the Chiefs, they deserve a lot of credit. I think Mahomes and Reed, it's just an amazing quarterback, head coach duo. We thought they'd lose a lot with Tyreek not being there this season, but they haven't lost a beat. Mahomes still finds whoever he wants to find. And look, the Chiefs, yeah, they keep rolling on despite the almighty scare by the Texans. Mm. I guess another one, probably one of the, the only other really big ones, crazy ones we had to talk about would be the game which now can officially have the stupidest play of all time attached to it. Uh, oh. And that was obviously the Raiders and the Patriots. Um, where This game was going to OT. Uh, both teams thought this game was going to OT. Uh, everything that's come out after this play uh, in the end result 
says from the Patriots that they were ready to go to OT, that they were just going to run a, um, a shotgun, or just a screen out of a shotgun, go, get down, and they were already preparing to go to overtime. Uh, but instead, uh, Ramondre Stevenson runs up the middle um, from the New England 45 for 23 yards. Uh, then laterals to Jason Myers uh, <laughs> for minus eight yards. <laughs> and then, well, it's classes of fumble recovery. And then to say Jones uh, and say Jones <laughs> basically. Um, oh, yeah. Jacoby. Jacoby. Jacoby Myers. He just throws it all the way. Throws to it Chandler all the Jones. way. Chandler Jones receives essentially a, a minus eight yard pass from. <laughs> From uh, Jacoby Myers, um, absolutely buries Mac Jones, who was the only person standing between him and the um, and the touch touch the uh, the touchdown. Um, yeah, he buried him. He just it was hand oh. to head, and he pushed him. It just like <laughs> he's six foot deep. It looked like at that point he was paralyzed. It's funny. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a funny as fuck picture because it. Um, Man, he, as a um, Mac Jones, yeah, as a Mac Jones hater, bro, I'm a Mac. Oh. I'm I'm a professional Mac Jones hater. I will be honest. <clears> I hated him ever since the 49ers traded up in that draft. I was like, "Fuck this guy! I never, I don't want him on my team." So I've been a pro Mac Jones hater ever since day one. And to see this, man, I was I was very happy. I was very happy. And here's this for a stat. So Adam Schefter posted this one. <clears throat> Chandler Jones's fumble run turn touchdown was the second go-ahead defensive touchdown on the final play of regulation in NFL history. The other one was by the Patriots themselves. Their defense scored in 1960 a 52-yard fumble return touchdown by defensive back Chuck Shanta against the New York Titans, who are now the Jets, of course. Yeah. So there you go. It's the second time in history it's this just- happened. First time in 62 so, years this has happened. Chandler Jones scores that touchdown. Raiders win 30 to 24. The Patriots now have the mantle, the the, the award for on the mantle for stupidest play of all time. Um, yeah. I think taking that off the the uh, the muffed fake punt from the the Colts, the Pat yeah, McAfee muffed fake punt. Oh, that know. was against the Patriots. Too. That was against the Patriots. I know. So a, I know so that McAfee. Yeah, McAfee talked about this uh, this morning on his show, uh, and basically said that he's actually he's glad someone else that they actually did something stupider because now people might be able to forget <laughs> quietly forget about that fake punt, which they won't. <laughs> but it doesn't go down as the stupidest play of all time now for sure. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. So so it's gone from the page. So it's gone the Colts. It was against the Patriots, right? Yeah. And then they yeah. essentially handed it to the Patriots. It's so the Patriots the handed it to the Raiders. So, so some the Raiders, oh, the Raiders next. So sometime in the next twenty years, the Raiders are going to make a really dumb play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the biggest mess ups of all time. I'm here for. It. I'm. I'm uh, ready. Oh, I'm yeah. ready. Oh, I'll, I'll be the first one to say I told you so. It happened. <laughs> so yeah, but there's not much else. That game was. Uh, yeah. Essentially boring. Controversial touchdown though. Before oh, that, yeah. the Raiders. You know that, what? He was out. He was no, out. Yeah, that's a TD. That there's You're no way. Millimeters. You're talking millimeters, and no human being can 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 notice that whether it's on a camera 
or live to see that. And it's actually it's a bit of shithousery from the um, the Patriots uh, from the Raiders themselves. Actually, obviously their end zones are black. Okay, mm-hmm. so they're painted black. They're painted black and silver as their colours are. Lines are white. Yes, if you go and look at the majority of the receivers' cleats, they are yeah. white with a black toe. Mm, yeah. Do you see I why? I mean, it's an exact am- reason for this exact yeah. reason because you can't see it. And the problem is, it's called a touchdown because you see that live as a person standing next to it, and you go, "He's got that." So, as a referee, as official, you have to call that a t- you have to call that a touchdown because you have to be proven otherwise. And that's the thing: you have to be able to be proven otherwise. And it's it's yeah, it's inconclusive, so it's definitely still a touchdown. I mean. It's yeah, millimeters. Not... If you look at the picture, and you have to take a picture from a camera guy, a still from a camera guy that was right next to it, and zoom and zoom in on that area to see it. It's just and I I saw one of those, and his foot was clearly out. I saw. No, I mean, it's on. It's on the line, man. The, the way the way that the I was trying to find like bits of black grass, and yeah, like you said, the shoe and everything is just. The colours and the shoe and the turf and they're all matching. They've done up. it deliberately. The, the, the Raiders have done that deliberately for yeah. Topaz. I, I guarantee Andy Cole you. did it deliberately, possibly. I, did, I guarantee you for Topaz. Yeah, hundred percent what it is. But it's it's a TD because of just where it is and how you look at it. Because you can't. At all some right. point, you have to take the amount of technology out of it out of the game. Although the whole line debacle and debate is. It pisses me off in this game to no end because there's two different standards for two different things. So it's yeah. Either way, the sideline the sideline doing toe taps, right? You can be stretched out, arms already ball already out over, but your toes touch in inbounds and you're inbounds, right? Oh. And then a couple of weeks ago, we had a a diving for the pylon, and you're diving outside the the line of play. So the last mm-hmm. point you touched was inbounds and you pass the pylon outside that white line, so outside the sideline, and yeah. they call it a touchdown. And I'm like, yeah. those two things don't work together. You, They contradict each other. They kind of do, yeah. We saw that <laughs> amazing Titans interception where the teammate, he started from inside the end zone. He was That's inbounds. Not- he jumped out. He pushes it back in. His own teammate gets it in. But that I, that I agree with because the, it's the person holding the ball when they touch mm. the ground again. So well, yeah. the thing I don't get is when you dive and you're diving outside the pylon, you leave the field of play and the next point that you touch the ground is out of play. Yeah. So you should have to touch the – you should need to be touching inbounds when – ball crosses the plane yeah. to be classed in. If that's the rule we're going with for the sideline, then that should be the rule we're going with. I, just, I agree. Just, there was a touchdown the other day that was that was where I can't remember who it was, but fuck, I was blowing up about it. It was just it doesn't make any sense to me when you can dive outside a pylon to get a touchdown. It just yeah. it defeats the purpose of having those delineated white lines as in mm. The plane of the the end the end zone and the sideline it defeats that purpose totally. Um, anyway, getting sidetracked. So there's not too. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's uh, the other games. If you look, <laughs> if you we've just gone through a bunch of games and a bunch of really interesting stuff. And if you look down some of the other games, while some of them are interesting, none of them 
come to what those games just did that we talked about. Yeah, in, in really. insanity, isn't it? Yeah, of course, starting Thursday night football, the Niners win the division. They were the first team to win their, their division. Only, only because so, they're playing yeah, on Thursday of course, night. Of course, but look, it's just it's still an incredible story how Brock Purdy went from oh. a backup to, to and it'll a division con- winner. In it'll continue days. to be an incredible story until they lose a game. Yeah, it's, it's although I have started to see on Twitter people picking on plays on him for plays already, and I'm like, are we yeah. sick? He's a third string QB. He's a rookie. He's, are we he's serious? Mr. Irrelevant. He's he's not really a guy you expect him. To there was someone that. someone was picking on something I was reading tonight where it was like they were saying uh, Purdy had Ayuk open here, uh, but oh instead he but instead he chose to hold it, scramble, and then pass underneath for, for 12 yards. I'm like, so he's still got a first down. What are we? Yeah. What are you complaining about? I don't understand what your point is here. Like, he didn't take the Ayuk option because yeah. and, and get four more yards? It just doesn't make any sense to me. He didn't yeah. fuck up and lose yards. But... Exactly. <laughs> but I'm really, my favorite plays were definitely that double fake touchdown. I just saw oh. something on Twitter that it, Bill Walsh. It's funny. It looks like the when you look at it from our view on yeah. TV, it looks like the simplest thing ever, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's just that." Oh, but but when, when you look at it, playing defense. Well, that's what, I saw the back view, and when I saw the back view from behind Purdy, that's where I more understood like exactly how he's done that because you yeah, can see if, if you where look the defensive that, players are, are actually how close they are, where they're coming at him, he can't see anything. You know, yeah. but when he did the double fake, the second fake, the way that that field opened up, like the 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 way the O line opened up in front of him, and they pushed apart, and you could see yeah. clearly straight down the field to a very open Chelsea. <laughs> oh yeah, Kittle was uh, Kittle, just yeah. wide open, wide open down the middle. It was because Why? number fifty six followed his other linebacker to that second yes. fake, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then Kittle just came through the middle. And then Purdy just hits him, and Kittle does the rest, and Kittle was left wide open on his other touchdown too. So, just incredible. It, it, I, I'm loving what it I'm was seeing. Just nuts, yeah. yeah, look, the Niners—they're just still rolling on. They're still going on for the division. Almost got into the two seed this week if the Colts didn't fucking choke. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't choke Almost. the biggest choke of all time. Then we Almost. would have been the two, the two seed. Yeah, we're just what we're thirty three points away from being the Vikings. Seed. Interestingly, are now guaranteed to finish no lower than the third seed because yeah. of this weekend. So, and I think the 49ers are the same. It's no lower than third seed. Yeah, because so. the Buccaneers lost to the yeah. Bengals, as we talked about. So. Yeah, <sighs> Browns, hey, um, Ravens. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of ill games after that. Not, I don't really. Uh, how about uh, how about team of the week, manager? Yeah, team of the week. How are you going with your team of the week? Oh, there's a lot to choose from this week, really, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there was. There was. There's a lot big, of... Some big plays, uh, big players, um, some massive numbers. I've noticed it in your notes here. Yeah. Yeah, I put in a lot of work for this one, but I think this team of the week might have wrote itself because there's a lot of guys that I was like, oh, yeah, they've definitely got to get it. Oh, yeah, you could pick them straight away, couldn't you? Yeah. Yep. I was like, right like that. So Let's talk about back. one of these guys. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. We yeah. talked about him last week. Yeah, so, I had him in 
So we didn't do a team of the week last week, but I had Trevor Lawrence as my quarterback for last yeah. week. So he's got a back-to-back officially. I'll put it out there. He's got officially the back-to-back page performer quarterback of the week. He has 27 out of 42, 318 passing yards, four passing TDs, one interception, a fumble, which almost was costly, but he still led the Jaguars to a big 17-point comeback yeah. win against the Cowboys. Incredible. I'm loving what I'm seeing from Trevor. This is why everyone was hyping him up. I think Jacksonville found a quarterback of the future. He'll be loving it down there in Duval yeah. for the next decade or so. Now, running back, even though even though he was involved in that very dumbass play at the last second <laughs> of the game, Ramondre Stevenson still deserves credit for his 19 carries, 172 rushing yards, and still a touchdown. Not- Still not going to be able to figure out why he lateraled. Um, yeah. I think that actually comes off. I think those minus yards come off his rush too, by the way. Oh, might. Yeah, so he might have had like 200 yards. But, yeah, yeah. look, it's Jacoby Myers' fault more so than Stevenson. Stevenson oh, made yeah. the lateral. That was correct. He did. He, still... did. he just needed to go to ground. Exactly. Just let that go to overtime. Best off, they should have just kneeled, kneeled and just went to overtime. But anyway, 19 carries, 172. Well, that's on Matt. That's on Matt Patricia. Yeah, Patricia, bro. He shouldn't be there. Yeah. Again, this this helps me as well. Ramondre Stevenson doing all this despite his offensive coordinator yes. being a literal defensive-minded trash coach who's not even good at being a defensive coach. So a, li- a literal moron. Yeah. So. I don't know how – just a guy with a pencil this year. That's it. There you go. The other running back, your boy Dalvin Cook, of course. Yeah, well. 95 <laughs> rushing yards, 95 receiving yards. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. Four catches and 17 he'd had, carries. He had a huge day re- game receiving um, and hardly anything in, in rushing yards until that 64-yard touchdown. Yeah, I think that 64-yard so. one was a catch and run, though, so – that counter was received. It was, stats. sorry, because it was coming out of the back, though. So it was sort of... Yeah, yeah. Was... and also, by the way, shout out to Ezra Cleveland, the guard number 72 for the Vikings. Did you see how fast he was moving there? <laughs> I, I have to give some credit to, um, I think it was a Panthers fan page on Instagram that put me, um that drew that detail to me as well. So massive shout out to that Panthers fan that, that told me about that. But he was moving, man. That, that was crazy. I love to see that. Yeah, um, big, the big dudes in the NFL aren't just slow big dudes anymore. Yeah. There's some speedy dudes on, on O-lines and D-lines these days. Yeah. They all got to run a 40 at the end of the day at the they combine. Do. And some so, of them run a pretty quick 40 for the size they are. Yeah. There's some big boys moving with yeah. some big wheels too. Yeah, so wide receiver. Wide receiver. Yeah, AJ Brown, nine catches, 181 yards. He was talking the Bears. All game. I, I like it. I like what I'm seeing from AJ Brown. Titans fans wouldn't like it. They're pretty much regretting that decision. That's for sure. And he was also my team of the week. I think it was last week as well, or the week before. So I think you've had him thinking, a couple of weeks in a row. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Against the Titans, he was definitely in that team. KJ Osborne, a new face though. 10 catches, 157 yards in the touchdown. As we talked about earlier, he's really coming into form now. KJ Osborne, another weapon for Kirk Cousins to throw to. And Trevor, he has another weapon himself. He has Zay Jones, six catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown. 
very, very excited to see what Zay Jones can do in this offense because, man, it's going to be it's going to be one heck of a finish. He's been having a few good weeks as well, Zay Jones, on the side here, especially looking at his fantasy numbers. I do have him in our content team league, so he could be a good find for the end-of-season playoffs for anyone who needs a, an extra wide receiver, Zay Jones. They, there's your free fantasy advice for you guys. Tight end, of course, couldn't go past George Kittle, four catches, 93 yards, and there's two wide-open big touchdowns. I don't know what Seattle was doing. You're leaving a guy like George Kidd wide open. Yeah, that's why the Niners won the, that division. Offensive line, Jaguars only allowed one sack. So I could pretty much put the entire Jaguars offense in this team of the week. And it still wouldn't change a thing because that Jaguars team was incredible. Now defense, there was a lot of great defensive performers this week. Kavon Thibodeau, man, what a game of Sunday night football. Chris Collinsworth was highlighting him a lot in that game, and for good reason. Twelve, yeah, twelve total tackles, a forced fumble. He had a touchdown off that forced fumble recovery, and on that final drive, he stopped Heineke on that one yard line. I was watching that play, so he dropped back into coverage, which is crazy for a defensive end. He drops back into coverage on that on that running back. And then he comes in full speed, bang! He hits he can, Heineke. He can play from several different positions. He's yeah, not, he's not just D. You know, like it's, yeah. But the Giants have found probably a, a true defensive powerhouse. Um, and, and you can imagine he's going to be on that Giants team for a very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, and and hopefully for Giants fans, because uh, there are a lot of them out there. Um. Hopefully, they he helps lead them to some some much bigger things within the next few seasons. Yeah, and looking so, at looking at him, Landon Williams, Aziz Olajari, that's an amazing defensive line they can build around. All young guys too, so yeah. they they have a lot of great pieces there. A lot of great pieces on our defensive line here as well. Deshaun Williams at defensive tackle for the Broncos. We rarely talk about this team because they're so trash, but five tackles, two and a half sacks. They're, they're a great team. They're a great team. Uh, not not the Broncos, but he's a great defensive tackle. That defense is pretty good, but their offense just never gives gives this team enough credit, this defensive team. It's incredible. The Broncos, they could have scored 18 points and won most of their games because of how amazing this defense is. J.J. Watt in the same Cardinals-Broncos game. Five tackles, three sacks, a forced fumble, and a pass defended. And I think J.J. Watt turned back the clock a bit in that game, even though his Cardinals were officially eliminated from playoff contention. I'm hoping J.J. Watt has has a year or two left in him because he's one of my favorite players of all time. Now, linebacker Leonard Floyd for the Rams, five tackles and two sacks. Pretty good on Monday Night Football. I was very impressed. Impressed by his game this week. Logan Wilson, 15 tackles and a sack for the Bengals against the Buccaneers. For he was massive in stopping the run there against that that Buccaneers team. Dre Greenlaw, eight tackles, a forced fumble, and two passes defended. I like it. I like what I'm seeing from Dre Greenlaw so far. He was in my team in the week last week that never got to air, but he, he was great. He's been great in back-to-back weeks, and there's a reason why they call him the Seahawk killer in San Francisco because he always plays the best when he plays the Seattle Seahawks. Zadarius Smith, your boy Ian, 
five tackles, two and a half sacks, and two forced fumbles. Massive, massive for that Vikings defense. It was a struggle in the first half for them. But as we said, they really came through in the second half. Avante Maddox, one of my, one of my corners this week, he had six tackles, two forced fumbles. Russell Douglas, eight tackles of interception. Those were my two corners this week. Now safeties. This guy's always in the team of the week. I think he just has a home right there. Four tackles, two interceptions for Justin Simmons, the Broncos safety. Absolutely incredible. And finally, last but definitely not least, I'd probably put him as the captain of this defense. Rayshon Jenkins, 18 total tackles, two passes defended, two interceptions, and the game-winning touchdown against Dallas. One of the best defensive games of all time I've ever seen. I think Rayshon definitely deserves... I'm going to give a quick spoiler here. Is the AFC Defensive Fashion Form of the Week by far. Um, um, that's a quick spoiler for any of the Aussie NFL fantasy listeners there. There you go. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, huge numbers for all over oh, the board, huge. but um, definitely I know what you mean about Rayshon Jackson because the safety with 18 total tackles is uh, outstanding for a week. It's that, that guy has played out of his skin. Um, righto. Well, I guess that's us for this one. Uh, we'll be back. We've got Christmas. We've got Christmas, mate, this week. Yeah, finally Easy. something for me to do on Christmas because yeah. I never get to do anything. We've got Christmas games all over the place. Uh, obviously, there is uh, a huge amount of games coming up on uh, Christmas Day in Australia. Um, so if you like your gridiron, uh, you like your NFL, um, then there's plenty there to have maybe on on the mobile or in the background if you're allowed to uh, during <laughs> Christmas lunch if you want to feel very American. Um, we've got a few games on Boxing Day. Yes, we yeah. do. We've got a few we games do. on Boxing Day and we've got one on Tuesday the 27th as well. So... I think we'll be back. We'll probably join up later in the week to just run through a couple of them, a couple of games. Yeah. We're I not actually... running through that middle Christmas one, though. Let no. me just say. <laughs> so we might run through a couple just to see uh, what's coming up. Uh, we might actually also um, go and have a look at our bracket for AFC versus NFC and see if we can do our playoff prediction real quick as well. Um, so if you haven't, go back, as I said earlier, go back and listen to our AFC and NFC uh, race to the playoffs because um, I think we'll have a look at them. I might update them a little bit with what's happened in the last couple of weeks because we've got some wrong, um, which is fine, but we have actually got quite a lot right, which is mm. uh, am- amazing considering our tra- previous track record uh, when it comes to predicting things in the NFL has been very bad, Manja. Uh, yeah. We've actually got quite a few of those games right. So I reckon let's have a look at that bracket um, and see if we mm-hmm. can do that prediction and tidy that up before we get too much close to the finals and people start calling us frauds like they call the Vikings frauds. <laughs> yeah, so. that's true. That's yeah, true. good. All right. No worries. Well, that's a good chat, mate. Um, it was good. Good chat, was... everybody. Uh, yeah. If it, if anyone's out there that ever wants to have a chat, come on with Manjot and I. Feel free to reach out. Yeah, uh, you can find course. us on our socials everywhere. 
at G'day Gridiron uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Manjot, you can find him at Pastry Press NFL. You can also find him at Aussie NFL Fantasy. Obviously, that's the start of the We get to deep into finals for, Aussie, for um, fantasy football at the moment. So you can see, catch him there. Uh, and apart from that, you can catch us later in the week for Christmas Day football. Yeah. See you later. Thank you, everyone.